Before Jesus ascended up to heaven, there were these last words of Jesus. What were they and what did he intend? We'll find out on this episode of Inverse. Coming to you from Silver Spring, Maryland, welcome to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation on life principles, contemporary issues, and thought-provoking perspectives. Now here's your host, Justin Kim, with Inverse. Hey friends, we're so excited that you're decided to, to join us here at Inverse. And as you see, our environment is a little bit different as it may be in your case as well. My friends and I are all over the world and we are now through this new medium, next couple upcoming weeks, and we're gonna be studying the topic of discipleship. So I wanna welcome you. And if you don't have it already, we wanna have your Inverse Bible Study Guides of which you can get online at inversebible.org. Once again, that's inversebible.org. At this point, I'm gonna ask that uh, the three of my friends be invited and we're gonna get into our discussion. We're gonna have a word of prayer. Hey guys, good to see you. Hope hey. you're doing Aloha. okay and, and safe and healthy out there. <laughs> um, we're gonna to go to Matthew chapter 28, Matthew 28. But before we read scripture, I'm gonna ask uh, Siku, can you pray for us? For sure. Let's pray. Loving Father, we would love to thank you for the opportunity that we have to delve into your word. We pray that you'd give us understanding, that the Holy Spirit would be our teacher, and that at the end of this, we would know that we have spent time with you, um, coming to know the mind of Christ even better. Make us more effective witnesses for you so that others can learn about Jesus as well. We pray these things in your name. Amen. 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 So we're going to go to the Gospel of Matthew. I'm going to go towards all the way at the end to chapter 28. And Sebastian, if you can read from verse 16 to the end of the Gospel. Absolutely. Matthew chapter 28, beginning in verse 16, the Bible says, Then the eleven disciples went away into Galilee, to the mountain which Jesus had appointed for them. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And, lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. Great. Thanks, Sebastian. Uh, we are in this topic of discipleship. And I don't know about you guys, but when I, when, I, when I think of discipleship, I think of sandals. I don't know why, but I just imagine. Sandals? Like, you know, there's like a, yeah, I mean, like a okay. beach and then sand and then just That's not weird at all. Along. That's not weird at all. Um, okay. I want to ask Kelly, like when you, when you hear of discipleship, like what, what there, there are some negative connotations and there's some positive connotations, but what, what, what immediately yeah. comes to your, your mind? Well, I do need to say, I now feel pressure to come up with a weird uh, answer, but um, I don't have a weird answer. Um, when I think of discipleship, I think mainly of two things. One is uh, following someone. So I think about, you know, the times that Jesus called to his disciples and when he was calling them, he said, you follow me. And even in like a bad way, if you call someone like, okay, you're a disciple of so-and-so, it means you like copy mm. them or you follow them to um, even a bad degree. And then another part of discipleship, it's probably just because I spent so much time being a teacher, is like, yeah, just the teaching part of about sharing knowledge and sharing ways. So like through copying and then also just through what they say. 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of a lot of rhetoric out there about discipleship, and it's it's in many ways kind of like this pop word that a lot of people say, uh, at least yeah. in church circles or religious circles. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sebastian, what what is discipleship? What do you, well, I think. What, what's your take on that? Well, when I when I think about discipleship, I think about an experience of taking a person's life. Right. And as you observe that life, as you listen to the things that they teach, the way they speak, Mm -hmm. how they live, how they make choices, how they relate to various people in society, you're actually Mm -hmm. kind of taking in who that person is. And it's almost like, you know, when you see someone that really inspires you or amazes you, you kind of think to yourself, man, I wish I could get into that person's head. And to me, discipleship is the method of doing that simply by Mm -hmm. proximity, by access and by living with that person. Mm-hmm. And that's what Jesus is talking about. And like I said in my opener, this is a really profound passage in, in Matthew 28. And Jesus talks about, you know, replicating this, this discipleship thing. Siku, let's actually Absolutely. look at this verse a little bit more deeper. And uh, for the rest of you guys, I mean, let's, let's actually get into the text here. Uh, verse 16, he has his 11 of his disciples there. And then he gives what, what many, many Christians call the Great Commission. Kind of what's going on in, in this passage? So Jesus is, uh, he died, he rose again, and he mm-hmm. calls amen. the disciples to, to, yes, amen. And now he's about to ascend to heaven. Um, they've spent some time with him after his resurrection. He's been teaching them more things, um, learning more from him. But now he's about to go to heaven. And these are his final words to his disciples, where it's, he first assures them that what he's about to say to them is based on authority that he has. And mm-hmm. the instructions that he's giving to them are authoritative and they carry authority as in they'll be able to accomplish these things like it's like a, it's a commandment and a promise because he has all authority mm-hmm. to say these things and then he tells mm-hmm. them to go and make disciples so it's it's beautiful in verse 16 it starts with he had the 11 disciples with him they go up to the mountain um, and then he says in verse 19 go therefore and make disciples It's kind of like, Mm -hmm. you have been my disciples. Now what you have experienced with me, I want you to go and impart to somebody else. Make Mm -hmm. more disciples just like I have been discipling you. Mm -hmm. You know, in a lot lot of Christian circles, like, and I guess in, I don't know, when you kind of like look at church and religion and spirituality, sometimes it's just kind of like, oh, you read your Bibles, you pray and just be a good person. And you have that, that Mm -hmm. level of spirituality. But then there's this other side that talks about, you know, evangelism and discipleship. And these are kind of like program words. They don't seem that spiritual. Um, Mm. Help help us reconcile these two. I mean, Jesus clearly here is talking about some kind of process here. And it's 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 I mean, I know you guys don't understand the tension there. Sometimes they kind of are incompatible. Siku. Um, I mean, because we're, we're still talking about the, uh, perceptions and the way that people view things. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. You mentioned the two extremes where, you know, there's kind of the spirituality and I'm a hermit and I live by myself and I do my spiritual thing. And then there's the, there's the other side that's kind of like, you know, go out there and do evangelism. Um, in my experience, I found that both of these don't espouse discipleship, actually. That on the one side, it's just me and Jesus, you know, as long as I'm a Christian, like in my heart, you know, um, and I don't have to say anything to anybody. They'll just see my life and then like somehow a miracle will happen and they become a Christian as well. And on the other (laughs) hand, the I'm going to, you know, do evangelism. And typically the way that I've seen it, evangelism looks like telling them stuff, 
you know, imparting mm. information. I'm going to give them more information. And based on their head knowledge, they're going to make a decision to transform their lives. Like they're going to just, mm. you know, poof, they become a different person because I imparted information to them. And both mm. methods actually do not embrace what discipleship is as Jesus taught it or as Jesus lived it because mm -hmm. it's actually a combination of both and it's more um a relational thing an experiential thing right. than it is mm -hmm. head knowledge nor than it is you know just you know a personal you know and selfish kind of experience there's a relational component to the discipleship that mm -hmm. i think mm -hmm. both extremes don't espouse so if those two right. extremes appeal mm -hmm. to us in some way then we we may be on those extremes and have to learn to embrace both of them uh, Sebastian. Yes. Yeah. Well, I was just going to build off of Siku's point. When you notice in the text in verse 16, the Bible says that these people were there to, to worship Jesus, but it also says that some doubted him. So they were mm. his disciples, mm -hmm. but they still had questions. They did not have complete intellectual clarity on all things mm. with Christ, but they were still able and willing to worship him, to follow him. And yet God still believed that they were the agents to espouse this commission of discipleship. So mm -hmm. Jesus is commissioning people who have doubts and questions to go make disciples. Mm -hmm. So it lets me know that discipleship is actually a part of your relationship with Jesus. And that mm -hmm. this is a part of strengthening that relationship and also dealing with some of those doubts and questions. But those two things dealing with the information transmission, as well as the relational, spiritual, reflective component to me, those things don't have to be perfectly where we think they should be in order to experience discipleship in the way that Christ is talking about in this mm -hmm, text. Mm -hmm. Let's actually and look at the awesome. text a little bit more deeper here. Uh, let's go to verse 18, and it talks about the authority that Siku mentioned. Appreciate that. I mean, this authority is, this is very, very important. This isn't a side thing. Uh, this isn't something uh, that's that's marginal or, or peripheral. And what does he say here in verse 19 and 20? There's a series of verbs mentioned here. Um, and I think which, which verb is the one that, that many, many of us are familiar with or we think of when we think of the, uh, the Great Commission? What, what automatically comes to mind? Go. Baptizing. Go. Oh, okay. We got baptizing. <laughs> we go. Uh, Callie, what comes to mind for you? <laughs> I was going to say go. <laughs> go. Yeah, no, I, was, I thought okay. go. Was All right, good. I'm outvoted. You know, I'm outvoted. Yeah, <laughs> maybe don't play Sebastian, too much Monopoly or something. Just... <laughs> <laughs> um, it, the, the going and the, what's the, the, what, the other verbs there are baptizing, as Sebastian likes. And then there's also the teaching. Uh, these are these are verbs, and in the, in the the Greek, the original Greek, these are all participles. It's like as you are going, and as you are making disciples, as you are teaching. And the main verb, the main verb of which we don't ironically have in English, is to make disciples, or the other word could be discipleize, the discipleify, discipling, discipling. Um, yeah, that, that would probably, but that's a participle, as you know, as a, as a former English teacher that you should have. Uh -huh. that's, that's true. Uh -huh. That's true. So right. the three right. participles kind of support the main verb that's as a command, mm -hmm. uh, as yeah. a, um, as a command. Yeah. So, um, I mean, which of these three do you, do we do the most? Do we do as Christians on an individual basis? I mean, talk about the, the tension between the three and the one verbs here. What's going on? Yeah. Well, I, think the, I find that. Kelly? Oh, 
We'll do Cali in the okay, call. Right, Cali. It's, um, it's all right. This is like a real Zoom call. We interrupt each other. All right. So <laughs> I think for me, um, teaching comes the easiest, probably because all the times I've spent teaching. But I also mm-hmm. think, you know, going back to what Siku was saying of like transferring information, and sometimes we think that is teaching, but it's not. Um, actual teaching is making sure someone understands something, someone can apply it, someone has all the edge cases of their own experience ironed out. But sometimes, yeah, we think, well, I preached it to like a thousand people and they heard it, so they got it. But the teaching that comes part of a discipleship requires more of a relationship with the person you're teaching so you can actually adapt it to that person. Because, yeah, in, in teaching, you know, if I'm going to teach 10 different students how to use a semicolon in a sentence, I'm going to have to teach it several different ways because each of them need it taught a different way, even though it's the same truth. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, Sebastian? I was going to say one of the tensions I see between going and discipling is the fact that the concept of going creates an experience where we believe that it's all about activity, that we're in motion, but we're not mm-hmm. pro- progressing a person spiritually along the way. So some people are like, well, I went where I told you the information like Siku referenced. Well, I'm the one that explained the Sabbath to you. I explained how you are forgiven for your sins. It's up to you whether you accept it or not. And there's no care, there's no compassion, there's no ministering to the needs. We're just going and we're just trying Mm -hmm. to maintain busyness and activity. Mm -hmm. All right. Okay, we have to take a break here. So when we come back, we're gonna look at how this connects into human relationships, discipleship and relationship together. Has Inverse been a blessing to you? Do you have questions, comments, or feedback you'd like to leave us? Find us on social media by searching Inverse Bible on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or YouTube. While there, join us, like us, heart us, thumbs up us. Our handle again is Inverse Bible, no spaces. Now, back to the discussion. Hey, welcome back, friends. We are in the midst of talking about the Great Commission, the last words of Jesus before he ascended. I want to ask uh, my team here, what is the, what's the, the basic fundamental, uh, what is Jesus working with? He's not working with a theory here. He's not working with some kind of program or books or some kind of ideology. What is he really getting at? What's Jesus's, what are his instruments, if you will? Well, I think, um, Justin, his instruments are people, right? Jesus is talking Mm -hmm. about the fact that at the very heart of the Great Commission is this idea of relationships and connecting Mm -hmm. with people for the purposes of teaching and baptizing and helping them to observe all the things that Jesus has passed on to you. So there's sort of like a, a pipeline effect, right, where you're receiving from Christ, there's your spirituality, and then you're passing on to someone that you have this relationship with which is the evangelistic element of discipleship. But that composite experience is what Jesus is saying is encouched in a relationship with another individual. Sebastian, so beautifully put. And I think this is what makes Jesus so wonderful and the magic kind of touch point between human beings and Jesus is he was all about human interaction, human, 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 human interaction, human relationships. Yes. But in what way, uh, Siku, is, can, can discipleship not be about people? And how has discipleship been just kind of an unrelational uh, topic? I mean, I, just to kind of nuance what Sebastian was saying, I guess, um, he, he didn't mention the word. I think it's important to mention the word. Our connection with 
God with divinity is actually mm. relational as well. And there's a way mm. that that can be not relational where it becomes, you know, informational, you know, like just mm-hmm. checking off mm-hmm. a list, you know, I did my devotions and I did this and it, it, mm-hmm. it tracks from God's intention to have a relationship with us. We want God to be able to, you know, fill in the boxes, the way that we perceive them to be. God needs to be X, Y, Z, and we don't allow him to be a being that we relate to. He communicates with mm-hmm. us through time, through our experiences. And likewise, now in terms of our relationship with people, it becomes, um, it's not like checking off boxes. You know, it's, it's, it takes time. It takes effort. You know, it takes, I make mistakes. You make mistakes. We forgive mm-hmm. one another. So relationships are way messier than we, when it's we not a clean, perfect process. Yeah. And both mm-hmm. ways, like when it comes to our relationship with God, it's messy, mm. you know, cause we make mistakes. Right. And then in, we're still mm. in our relationships with other people. It's really messy. So the whole discipleship thing is a big mess. Me being a disciple of Jesus and then me trying to lead other people to Jesus as well. And I think that's why, we're afraid of discipleship in terms of actually doing it because it's, it's hard to embrace the mess. Um, Mm -hmm. I I want things to be clean and clear cut. I don't want to, to, to be, you know, struggling with allowing someone into my life and they see (laughs) that I'm not perfect, you know, yet I'm teaching them about how to be perfect. Like, that stuff is hard. Yeah. And so discipleship is hard because of how messy relationships are just by their nature. Yeah. 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 Callie. Oh, true. Yeah. Going back to something, I think it was you said earlier, Justin, about how we ourselves are, are discipled. And sometimes we think, you know, we have to get to level 10 of discipleship and then we can disciple other people. But even mm. in the process of ourselves being discipled by people, we can start discipling. So we don't have to get to level 10 or 12 or whatever that level is. Um, I can think of very specific times when I was giving Bible studies to someone and actually they asked me a question. I actually went to Sebastian and I was like, I don't know how to answer this question. So can you please tell me (laughs) what to say to this person? Um, So that's the process even of, of Sebastian, you know, teaching me as I'm teaching someone else. And even, you know, going back to what Siku said too, is it so important to when we're discipling someone, not just to show them like, not just to show them the way, but also to be vulnerable with our own experiences. Um, because mm. just head knowledge isn't the best way to teach, but even showing our experiences of being like, you know what, I know what it's like to struggle with devotions. I know what it's like mm. to struggle with temptations. I know what it's like to struggle with my family. I even got a message from a friend this morning who was saying, you know, I just really struggle with reading the Bible and I just feel like it means I'm a bad person. Cause I know you never struggle reading the Bible. I'm like, oh, mm. false. <laughs> I actually do struggle reading the Bible. Mm. And even what? though that sounds like a discouragement Callie? thing. <laughs> no way (laughs) Um, so and it and it sounds like it sounds like it could be discouraging right like we don't want to share that it's hard to read the bible sometimes that's bad but like sharing that struggle is actually an encouragement and so being vulnerable with people that we're trying to disciple and and trying to reconcile with christ that can be one of the most beautiful things we can share with them Mm. There's a certain, I don't know what word to use. I don't want to use the word magical, but that is the word that comes to mind with the (laughs) human to human experience. Uh, In some ways, it's, it's very, it's very inefficient. You know, you just, just read this and you're done. Right. But 
there is a certain <laughs> dynamic that takes place as as a connection mm -hmm. and whatnot. Uh, I guess uh, the thought that came to mind as Callie was speaking was that discipleship is not a social thing. It's not uh, a extroverted thing. That's what I used to think mm -hmm. that all these extroverts, right. are, they like people, <laughs> they like relationships. They can lead the way. Uh, yeah, they can lead the way. Uh, and then the rest <laughs> of us are introverts. We'll just help out on the side and, and, and yeah. avoid yeah. people. Uh, <laughs> what, what can you say to, to people like that? Let's go to our resident extrovert, Sebastian. <laughs> I am not an extrovert, Justin. I just want to clarify this on the show for everybody. <laughs> so I, you know, one of the things that I, I thought about as you're giving me this question is the fact mm. that coming close to somebody the way that Callie and Siku were just describing is uncomfortable mm. in the fact that you're, you're trying to be intentional in building a relationship with a complete stranger and then start sharing these sort of personal stories and personal side of yourself. And so mm -hmm. I think your point is so critical that we recognize how discipleship is supposed to be intentional, but it is not supposed to be based upon my personal preferences. Well, I like Justin, so I'm gonna try to disciple Justin. Well, mm -hmm. you know, I don't get along with Siku, so she and I can't have a discipleship relationship. Wow. And I think that we can't choose people mm -hmm. based upon who we prefer or who we like or because my personality is more introverted, even though Justin is in denial. So then who, and I'm how help can we him. choose, Sebastian? Well, I think the first thing is the, the Bible talks about your neighbor, right? Loving your neighbor as yourself. And that word in Greek, that proximos means within your same physical proximity. Mm -hmm. So me as a father, as a husband, I need to disciple my children. They're near to me, but mm -hmm. in my community. And a lot of times, you know, I heard one preacher say, everybody wants to be a missionary where they're not. So I'm going to go two weeks over to another country. I'm going to participate in evangelistic campaign for four weeks. And then I'm back to my regularly scheduled program rather than discipleship needs to be where you are and the people around you. That's where you need to go fishing for those people that Christ has touched their hearts to prepare them for the discipleship. He wants you to engage in. Oh man, I, I, I love that point about, uh, we always wanting to do on the other side where the grass seems greener yeah. and, uh, we have, we have these romantic ideas. We're like, Oh, I want to do it over there. And when I, when it's over there, then I'll do it well, but here, uh, I can't do it. Kelly. Yeah. Right. I just want to speak to that because I've, I've really experienced that where, yeah, I'll rather, mm -hmm. I'd rather go to a foreign country and do mission trips. And I think, you know, and, and we'll just go along with that. We neglect the ministry that's closest to us. And I think even harder than our neighbors is our family members, because mm -hmm. in order to minister to your family members, man, you have to be faithful all the time. Like there's no right. exceptions. <laughs> and so it's easier to go for, to go to a foreign country and be holy for two weeks and like be mm. like, yeah, man, I'm always like this, but praise God. And then we come home mm -hmm. and we're just back in our regular selves. Mm. And so mm -hmm. I think that kind of discipleship is even more important, not only for them, but it's more important for us because that makes the discipleship experience authentic because it's not something we put on for two weeks, but it's something we live in the here and now, wherever we are. That's mm -hmm. right. Mm -hmm. It's that authenticity right. that, that we're yearning for, that we want to see mm -hmm. in others. And we also want to pass down in others. And that is something mm -hmm. that's, that's baked into Christian discipleship. I want to ask you, can you guys share some experiences of some good, good mentorship and good discipleship that you received from, from top down? 
uh, I didn't mean top down, like in a corporate sense, but from someone else to you <laughs> and then, or maybe you've had a good experience where you also passed it down to someone else. You've discipled someone else. And the fruit of that, of that has been so, so rewarding. Any personal experiences? We'll go with seeking. I, um, I, I would like to share maybe not a, maybe it's not an awesome experience. Like, I tend to go towards the, <laughs> not the negative secret. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but I remember um, I was I was working on a university campus, um, trying to reach out to students. Um, and there was there was this one student who uh, I was you know trying to study the Bible with and etc. And she knew where I lived, and she would just come by my apartment, and it was challenging because mm. some days I am not an extrovert like Sebastian is, right? So I'm not I mean she would just show up, like she would rock up at my house and like and then I gave her a spare key because um in case she ever needed something. And so she I'll get home sometimes from shopping and she was in my apartment cooking or and it, it was, it challenged me at a whole new level um, because now, especially in those introverted moments where I was trying to just be away from the world and as a single person, like it was relatively easy to do that, you know, like I go to my right. apartment and I right. close my door and it's just me. Um, but now there was this person who would randomly show up and I have to be a Christian even in those moments, you know? Um, and I remember praying about it one time and I was just like, Lord, I can't do this. I need to take my key back. I need to have a talk into with this girl and be like, yo, like you need to stop coming around. Right. Tell us, tell us, tell us. <laughs> uh, but as I was praying about it, I had this realization um, and it was actually about discipleship that hmm. allowing, allowing her into my life. And even allowing her to see that struggle, you know, that struggle of, you know, this is a moment where I don't feel like talking to somebody, but how do I deal with that? You know, how do I deal with myself in those times in terms of like, how do I talk to God about it? And how do I, you know, get through those situations? It was a new level of vulnerability that I had never had to experience, you know, as a Christian with somebody mm -hmm. else. Mm -hmm. um, and we developed such a strong friendship. We're like really close friends up till now. Like not just, she just didn't end up as just a Bible study contact, but we actually became friends, you know, and I can say mm. I genuinely love her, you know, and, and we mm. love each other Amen. Um, because Amen. we, we, I get experience a certain level of openness. And because I was willing to open myself up to her, she was willing to open herself up to me beyond just questions about the Bible, you know? Um, mm, right. And, I think that's something that we can have possibly. That was a good experience for me. Thanks, Siku. We're running out of time. So we just thank you so much for joining us and your beautiful illustration of discipleship. We want to encourage you to watch more episodes of Inverse at hopetv.org slash Inverse. And we want to see you next week here on Inverse. You've been listening to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation with Callie Williams, Israel Ramos, Jonathan Walter, Sebastian Braxton, Siku Dako, and your host, Justin Kim. Inverse is brought to you by The Hope Channel, television that changes lives. For this and more inspiring episodes, 
visit inverse.hopetv.org. Find us on social media, hashtag InverseBible. Until next time, this is Inverse.